Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 4 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free breakthrough burnout call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and type in fried the burnout podcast discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations and connections with people who just get it. And now for this week's episode. Hey, fried fans. Have you ever felt like you just don't know how to relax? Like there are so many things to do that relaxing is actually impossible? Or like your body and brain are so busy that sitting still just doesn't actually feel relaxing, so you don't even bother? Or even better, you feel like your relaxation isn't productive enough or that you're being lazy if you stop and rest? Let me tell you something. You are not alone. We talk about this a lot in the Fried Facebook community because this is such a common occurrence. So I'm going to tell you a little story and I'm going to take you way back in my life to a small hostel on Calle Azcuenaga in Buenos Aires. It was the year 2006. It was January. The temperature was 97 degrees Fahrenheit, and the humidity was approximately 3,792%. That's an accurate number, just saying. I was in Buenos Aires, and I was inside this small hostel, and I had a total bug up my ass because, you know, I didn't travel all the way to Buenos Aires just to sit in a hostel, and I had only been there for a day, so I was, like, really rearing to go. So I tried to go outside, I made it about a block, and then I turned around with my arms outstretched, begging the air conditioning to let me back in and to not fault me for abandoning it for the past four minutes. It was so impossible to be outside. The air was so thick and it was so hot. You left whatever inside air-conditioned space you were in and you were immediately soaked with the humidity of the air and your own sweat. So I got back into the hostel into this shared space, sort of living room type area. And my now husband, then a fellow traveler, asked me where I went. And I shared with him that I couldn't just sit and do nothing while I was in Argentina. And he replied, Ugh, you Americans with your checklists of things to see and take pictures of abroad, you never have the experience of actually being anywhere. This is the experience right now. It's hot. We're inside. It'll cool down later and everyone will head out. I rolled my eyes and I replied, yeah, but what do we do in the meantime? And his response was, sit. That was it. Just sit. And I was dumbfounded. As a girl, I had been working since the age of 12. I didn't know how to just sit. It was that day that my practice of relaxation and resting and sitting began. 
nearly 16 years ago in a tiny hostel in Buenos Aires. And I'm going to let you know that my practice of resting is still a practice, even though we are talking about something that happened 16 years ago. I still sort of suck at sitting still, and learning to sit way back when didn't exactly protect me from the burnout I experienced later. But what it did was offer me a chance to look at my anxiety, my activity, and my patterns that pushed me to do, 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 and then do a little more. And so today, the habit is really clear to me. I have this internal belief that if I do more now, I can rest more later. Yeah, I just said that if I do more now, I can rest more later. And I know that that's hysterical because that never really works. When it comes time to rest later, guess what? There's more things that I could fill that time with so that I can rest even later. I'll just do more and more and more so that when I can finally rest, I can really rest because everything will be done. But nothing is ever done. I just have this sort of mechanism that says the more I get down, done now, the more I can dive into my less rest later. But no, no, no. What really happens is the more I get done now, the more I end up doing later. And you know what sucks about that the most? I've noticed over the years that the more I do, the more I do. So sometimes I would end up doing things that didn't even need to be done. And if I had waited, i.e. rested, the moment that I thought that that thing was necessary to do would have passed. It either would have become unnecessary or someone else would have done it or it was so important, but it passed and I didn't get it done. So there's a consequence to pay, which sometimes is better than doing the thing, to be honest. And that's the thing that sucks the most. Just, I just do more and then I end up doing even more. It doesn't ever stop the train. So the opposite of this is the best thing. And I've also noticed that if I just stop once in a while and allow myself to rest in whatever way I feel, I end up still getting all the things done that actually need to get done. And if I'm honest, a few things extra because I'm still extra. Uh, and what I just said is so true. What ends up happening when I rest is that I don't fluff my to-do list just for the sake of doing and nothing falls apart. It is so wild. So that being said, I just said a second ago, I rest the way I want. So how do I rest and what do I consider rest? Because people do really struggle with what resting means. I've seen a lot of judgment in the Facebook group about how needing TV to unwind is unhealthy and that's not true rest. And you know what? Let's just assume that some days you can Netflix and chill and that's just fine. If TV works for you, use it. I understand that it can become an overdependency and you can get so far down the rabbit hole that you are, you know, Netflix is asking you, has asked you three times already if you're still watching. I mean, we've all been there. So it can go too far. But normally, if you just sort of let yourself do it for a little while and you don't allow the guilt to derail you, 
you get your fill and then you move on. So when I need to rest and I'm using TV because I do use TV to rest, I watched I always watch the shittiest, most lifetimey, feel good, cheesy ass shows that I know always end well at the end of every single episode. So one of them that I watch is called Heartland and it's about a horse ranch. It's somewhere in Canada and there's a ton of seasons. It feels I feel like I'm never going to get through the whole thing. I think it's 13 seasons and every season has so many episodes I like can't even keep up. And every episode ends with somebody saving an animal or saving a person. And there's always some sort of like relief and joy. And I, I dig it. And another one that I let myself rest to, another show that I watch to rest, which the seasons are not long enough and I get through them too quickly, is The Good Witch. The writing for both of these shows is, I don't want to, you know, offend the writers of these shows, but the writing is not great. And the acting is not phenomenal. But it is exactly what I need when I need to rest and I need to not be overly emotionally involved in a TV show. Because I am the type of person that will read a book or watch a TV show and I will dream about slash worry about the characters. So I need to watch things that have a solid positive ending because otherwise I'm going to add them to the list of people I should be worrying about and they are fictional. So that's important. The next thing that I do when I need to rest is read fiction. This is also what I do when I know that I have an idea percolating in my brain that needs some creative space. I dip into fiction and sometimes it takes me three or four weeks of reading a book a day of just pouring through like really terrible chiclet. And not all chiclet is really terrible, but I love the really terrible chiclet. I love the beach read in the middle of winter. Like I love all the books about witches and vampires and fae and all of it. I dig it. I'm into it. I dive into it and I read it until my brain comes back online and tells me the thing that it needs to tell me. Because of how much I read, I have a libra like library access to Kindle books because literally I would go broke. There are months that I read a, a book every single day. So we're talking about if if a book is 10 bucks, that's, you know, $300 worth of books in a month. I can't do that every month. <laughs> so that is something that really feeds me. And I know when I'm reading fiction, I used to really judge myself for this and say, you know, I should be reading something that's more related to my work. I should be focusing on something that's really going to like move my business forward. But what I found is allowing myself to deep dive into fiction is what moves my business forward because that's where my ideas come from. That's where my brain has time to exercise itself and come up with ideas. And some of these books have some really great ideas for podcast episodes. And there's some really interesting ways of looking at the world that come up because of reading fiction. So it is useful to me eventually. It's not always clear exactly what the connection is, but my brain needs that fantasy world in order to live the way that I live and do the work that I do. So those are two of the ways that I rest. Another way that I rest is yoga nidra which is a body scan meditation. Um, I do 10-minute ones. I haven't done it in quite some time. I'm going to be totally honest with you, but it is one of my favorite ways to really feel rested. 
And when I'm really beyond rest, when I'm like really struggling to get rest in on my own, that's when I call in the troops. So I go and I get a massage. I go and I sign up for five or 10 acupuncture sessions and I go every week for, you know, whatever it is, a month or two months. I go and get a pedicure and refuse to look at my phone. I involve another person and I do something that's focused on my physical body, which requires me to be away from my phone. Sometimes I do have to force it that way. And I will because I know that I need it. Now, if all of those things seem like they're too big of a shift for you and you don't have the time or the energy or the money to do any of those, then my best advice is to reduce your speed of doing things by 10 to 20%. Feel free to keep yourself moving. And at the same time, just make an attempt to be more present, more focused, and move a little more slowly. This is the only thing that keeps me from slicing the ends of my fingernails off when I'm chopping vegetables. And when I'm in a rush, I always lose a corner of a nail, like it gets me every single time. There is a saying in the Navy that slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So by slowing down 20% of your speed, just being a little more present, taking a little more time to do things, an extra couple of minutes, you end up making less mistakes, things go more smoothly, and you end up saving yourself time in the long run. So if taking time away from what you're doing is too big of a step right now, then instead of taking time away from what you're doing, just slow down a little bit, right? And on that note, I want to tell you that relaxation and resting in a world that tells us we're not supposed to is a rebellious act and it is a practice. That means that I want you to know that if you start practicing rest today, you might feel lazy, guilty, nonproductive, and all of those things for at least the first few weeks, if not longer. It takes practice also to move through those emotions. So I want you to ask yourself what would happen if you sat, felt guilty, and then let yourself feel guilty for sitting. Yeah, you're totally right. It would end up passing, and then you'd be free to rest without the guilt. So the question comes up, how do you sit with an emotion that you just don't want to feel? And the best tip is this one. Become the observer of the emotion. When you notice the emotion come up, start describing it as best you can. For instance, I feel guilty. It's sitting in my chest. It feels like a heavy weight. The weight is gray and solid metal. It's not moving, and it feels like it's been there for a really long time. The more you can describe and observe the thing that you're feeling, even if you feel like you're making it up, because this exercise, it can, you can feel like you're making it up sometimes, but that's normal. The more you can describe and observe the emotion, the lighter the emotion will become. I absolutely promise you this to be true. So here is to practicing how to rest and sitting with uncomfortable emotions like a pro until you become a kick-ass rester. You have totally got this. We're in the holidays now. You can do this. We're good. Create space for yourself. Slow down a little bit. 
And if you have to, pay somebody to make you rest. All right. Until next time. Thank you.